Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by Dr. Bruce Ewing and his daughter, Vernay Ewing Thompson, authors of the book, The Treasure Tree. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Let's go beyond the mic. Dr. Ewing, you've been a pastor for 48 years. Where did the treasure tree concept come from? Well, actually, it's over a number of things. Um, I've always enjoyed stories, even as a young boy. And my, for my grandmother and my mom, they would tell all kinds of tales. And also from my reading, I love reading. As a matter of fact, I started that when I was about in the seventh grade, where I really began to comprehend what it was all about. So God just put those concepts in my mind uh, to help people grow, to be edified, to be built up, to be encouraged. And so that concept of, hey, where your treasures are, your heart is. And so it just kind of bloomed out into that. Fernay, you've acted, modeled, produced. How did it feel to work with your father on this project yeah it was (laughs) i have to say it was awesome it's awesome my dad is um one of my best friends so it was just a joy my dad was talking about his life as a child and how he got into um writing and it almost is kind of similar my dad he would read stories to me and my sister i just developed a love for reading the way that i got into writing was really just i enjoyed seeing a lot of films seeing a lot of stories but sometimes I was like man I wish that the story kind of ended a little differently and so I just kind of developed a hobby um, of writing and then dad he decided that he wanted to write a book and then he asked me to kind of come along write with him and that's kind of where the concept of the treasure tree kind of developed too and it's just a joy to be around and he's he's just he's fun. As you developed this book what was the one key thing you wanted to make sure stayed in the treasure tree that you had to leave out, and what was the one thing that you had to leave in? Well, again, there were a lot of aspects to it, but I think the one key factor I wanted to make sure got there was the understanding of there is a right and there is a wrong way of doing things to help people understand that there's a destiny for everyone, and you have to go after it if you want to really reach it. So goals and objective was to put into the minds of people that, hey, if I try this, maybe it will work for me. If I try this, then I'll find my own destiny. And that's what the Treasure Tree book is about. A young man finding his destiny and finding more than that, a way to edify, build up, and encourage, to be encouraged by a great sage who happened to be one of the main characters. So he runs into all of that. And so it's building his life around godly principles, Dr. Ewing, as a military chaplain, what was the hardest topic you've had to deal with? Actually, the hardest thing, I think any pastor or any counselor, the hardest thing is family. (laughs) There's so many dynamics that go along with that and so many tentacles out there. And pulling a family together, the basic unit, mother, father, children, and helping them to be unified. You know, a family that we say a family that prays together, stays together. But the way that uh, God intended it is for us to uh, undergird each other, uh, to be available for each other, uh, just to, to let love be your aim. And so families are really hurting there, especially the, in the black community, like the absentee 
father seems to be one of the main themes that we're trying to bring uh, into view that fathers are necessary and fathers are needed in order to make the unit complete. So we're focusing in on that. It's not a male factors. Jedediah, the old prophet, the sage that handles uh, Matt and, uh, and Jackson as it would be in the, in the book. Fernay, tell me about how your family grounded you and made this book just right. Well, I think it just stems from when I was a child, dad and mom, I mean, they would pray with us. They were examples. And I think that a lot of times parents don't realize, but your actions speak louder than words. And even if you say, don't do this, don't do that. But if your child's not seeing you follow in those same footsteps, then it would be kind of a challenge, I think, for them to live by that when they grow up. So I have to say that my parents, both of them have been consistent with their walk with Christ and consistent the way that they do things, what they tell us, we, you know, as far as discipline or wisdom, they follow the same thing. So I just, I think it really just stems from how they are and it just transcend over to my sister and I. And as far as the book, I mean, just our own experiences and we both have such creative imaginations. I mean, we both, <laughs> really enjoy just fun, entertaining storylines. And so that just kind of, I really attribute a lot of that to my dad, pouring that into me as a child. And I think that that kind of helped develop the the storyline of the book. We wanted it to be entertaining. We wanted it to be thought provoking. We wanted it to be a story that people enjoy. It has a lot of wisdom, but it also has that entertainment element so that when people read it from beginning to end, they just can't put the book down. In fact, we actually had some of our fans, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. You know, I, I thought I wouldn't even, you know, that some people aren't readers, you know, and so some of the um, gentlemen that my dad knows, they're like, oh, we don't read, we don't read, and they read the book and they said, we couldn't put the book down. How about those bedtime stories? Your dad used to tell you how they helped develop your creativity and the ways you'd ask him for one more part of the story just so you wouldn't have to go to bed. Well, he would just talk about true ball and lightning. Is that one? <laughs> and these, some of these stories were actually passed down through our, through our family. Old traditions. Yes, old, tra- <laughs> old traditions and, and things. And so one that stands out to me was that true ball and lightning. I don't know if I want to go like into detail with the, the true ball and lightning. Um, actually, some of the aspects of it, well, some of the characters in another book are actually from that story from the story as a, as a child. But I have to say that what really was amazing about my dad's stories was that he would really get into it and he would just start singing a song or he would have his hands just raised and voice elevated and just kind of just made the story come alive. And so that's one of the things that we really, I really, I was so animated. It was so much fun. And so I just feel like with the treasure tree, I mean, we wanted to put those kind of elements in that, that the story came alive, that people, when they read it, they're actually just in, inside that story. Oh, and of course, biblical stories too. My dad really shared a lot, Esther and, and Job and uh, Daniel. So I had quite a few of those stories that dad read to us as well. Dr. Ewing, why is this story so easy to tell in these troubled times? Because people are going through troubled times and 
they are looking for some type of help, some type of support. And we found that when people read the treasure tree, it's just a relief valve that goes off in their heads that, you know, God's still alive. Things are not as bad as they really seem to be. They may be bad, but I have a way out. Uh, I have someone that I can go to and to mentor me and to help me see clearly the direction that I need to go. And so that's what we're trying to help people, even with all of the, some of the, the book has discord in it. You know, they have their times of conflict. It also has its times of just a peace or time. Um, there's love and compassion that's throughout the whole book. There's also a place in the book where people have to make a decision uh, whether or not if they're going to follow the principles that the Lord has laid down or either follow their own way. Uh, that's kind of hard sometimes for people to do is to make a decision as to which way to go with all the commotion and things go, going around, that's spinning around them in today's society. Your main character, Matt, is given important choices all throughout the book. How many times, Renee, has your dad given you the guidance to make the right choice, but you were tempted to make the wrong one? In my adolescent years, um, you know, sometimes I have to say I've always wanted, when I was younger, I just always wanted to be liked and wanted friends. And so sometimes with friendship, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, they're so nice to me. But my dad was like, mm, that person's not necessarily for you. So he would have to pray for me and like, well, please don't love my daughter because I just wanted to be liked. I wanted people to like me. And I would be kind to them, and but I didn't realize that they didn't have my best interest at heart. And dad prayed, and, you know, finally I got the, I, I figured it out that they weren't really, they didn't really like me. They were just, you know, you know, just, they weren't really nice people. <laughs> but I have to say that that was something that I'm glad I went through because it shows me, you know, sometimes life is, can be trying and you still treat people kindly, even if they're not so kind to you, which I have to say, sometimes it's still difficult to do that. But, you know, I found that the wisdom that my dad was giving me, the wisdom that my mom gave me, and they gave me space enough to, to make my own decision, but that there was godly guidance too, because I think sometimes if you just tell your child, no, you know, just get away from that person, you know, um, I think sometimes the child can go in the opposite direction. So giving guidance, it was constructive um, guidance <laughs> in that type of situation. And I found that I learned a lot. And over the years, I've gained more discernment um, looking at people's fruit. If their fruit is not the best, then obviously that may be not the person that should be involved you know, in your life. Time's running out, so it's time for the Rocking Eight. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Favorite flower? I don't have a favorite flower. <laughs> I don't have a favorite flower. I'm not really a flower girl. <laughs> I mean, I like flowers, but I'm sorry. I just don't really have a... <laughs> okay, Dr. Ewing, favorite flower you love to give your wife? Roses. Are you an early riser or late riser? I'm early. I, I would say I'm early because I like to work out in the morning. So I'm early. Yeah. Place you've never visited, but want to go to Italy. That's what you're going to say too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what emotionally drains you the most? 
Oh, man. Probably my involvement with, with families, it drains me. I love doing what I do, but the heartbreak that I see and have to deal with in families can really be draining, but, but I still love to do it. I think for me, multitasking, I have so many things that I'm doing right now that sometimes mentally I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, where do I go? What do I do first? So I have to just put a list down, a to-do list, which actually helps me. But yeah, sometimes that can be draining. What was the last game, the last family game that you guys played? It was well, Jenga. Jenga. It was, it was Jenga. Jenga. It was a long time ago, though. It's been a while since we played a board, or Jenga. What's the most important thing to tell someone? You're worthy. You know, I know that's kind of out there, but people need to understand that you have value. And a lot of times people put themselves down. They say, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not good at this. I'm, I'm a horrible person or whatever. But you have to, inside, you have to speak life about yourself. That yeah. they love them. That they're loved and adored. Since this book is biblically based... What's your favorite book in the Bible? Mine is Matthew. My favorite book in the Bible? Oh, there's so many, but I like Job. If the treasure tree was made into a movie, who would you want to play Matt? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't. There's so many good actors out there. I, just, I can't even think of who I would want. We would just have to do an extensive casting. <laughs> For it. Yeah, that's that's I, in their ballpark. Yeah, I don't I don't even know who I would. A lot of the an, a lot of the antics and things came from my son-in-law. You know what I my thoughts, our thoughts, and that sort of thing. How he is and how he acts. So, where can people buy the book? They actually can go to our website. It's thetreasuretreebook.com, and they also can go on Amazon as well. Those are the two things, and then they can follow us on social media. The Treasure Tree Book, um, all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Their book is The Treasure Tree. My thanks to Dr. Bruce Ewing and Vernay Ewing-Thompson for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. God blessings on you. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.